here got anything to praise him for this evening? Amen. Amen. Has he been good to you? Yes, sir. Amen. Did he save your soul? Did he heal your body when you were sick? Did he reveal himself to you? Everything his word said he would do, he's done. Amen. I, I thank God tonight that we are here not as a bunch of complainers, but as a bunch of praisers. Amen. Yeah. Talking to somebody the other day, and they uh, said, how are you doing? They said, well, it wouldn't do no good to tell. He said, there would nobody listen. Amen. I said, well, you must be going through a lot. And he said, yeah, everything I'm going through, he said, but the best way I can put it is God's good. And I, I tell you, man, that changed my approach, that no matter what we're facing tonight, yeah. we've all heard it said somebody's got it worse than we do. But at the end of the day, God's been good to us. Amen. He, he sure has been good to us. We greet you tonight in the name of the Lord. We sure count it an honor, privilege to be here with you all once again, and good to see everyone out tonight. I know it's a little uh, uh, treacherous out there maybe, and uh, you all have got our weather out here, and uh, so we're uh, glad you all are enjoying our weather. I, I never thought I'd be driving around on the roads of Arkansas and it's covered in ice and snow, Brother Darrell, but... Uh, we did that today, so amen. But God bless you all this evening. If you have your Bibles while you're standing with us, we want to turn to the book of John, the first chapter. The book of John, uh, the first chapter, and we want to say God bless you tonight. Appreciate Brother Ben, appreciate his friendship and the invitation to come and the door to minister the message here and all the folks that could visit us here tonight. Say God bless you all in your churches. And I know we're going through a lot of trying times right now, and every church is trying and going through testing times, but just keep on pressing because in a few days we're leaving here. And I was uh, The other day I was uh, flying to Arizona and a plane got delayed and then canceled in Atlanta and we ended up uh, being stuck there in Atlanta overnight. And If you ever had a delayed flight, you get a little upset and then they tell you you're going to get your luggage and they lie to you and then they tell you five or seven hours. And so I was a little bit frustrated and I went. they said, well, get you a hotel. So I went to get a hotel and they were sold out of hotels and uh, everything that could go wrong went wrong and I got to the to the hotel and uh, went through the front door and it was Atlanta big city so as soon as you started walking in they were screaming where's your mask you know <laughs> another thing to add to your burdens and uh, I got you know I said well I ain't got one so just give me one you know and so I got on the the elevator to go up and I read a thing there they had in the the elevator it said uh, we're sorry for all the inconveniences during these trying times and I tell you when I read that brother Dale something just struck my heart that they didn't say crazy times. They said trying times. And, you know, these times are really not here to try the world. They've already been proven what they are. These trying times are here to prove us, to see if we'll stick with the stuff. And I, I believe there's a bride here tonight that's not backing up, and she's not turning around. Amen. You believe that this evening? Amen. Let's just bow our hearts together for the reading before we read the word. And let's just ask the Lord to come. I believe his word is inspired tonight. Let's ask him to anoint our faith to receive from it. Heavenly Father. Lord, what an awesome presence is in this building tonight, Lord, as your believers have come from different assemblies and different areas, Father. Lord, to gather themselves together under this roof and this place that you raised up here in this community. Lord, to honor you and to worship you. And Lord, as our pastor read this quote before we come out, Lord, the full gospel, Lord, I never, Lord, thought of it just quite like that. For Lord, we know that we have many meetings and we have many gatherings and many conventions and camps and things. But, Lord, to realize that this is not just any kind of church or any kind of a meeting. This is a full gospel meeting, Lord. We're, we're not afraid to preach the word. We're not afraid to read what you said and to preach what you sent through a prophet. And, Lord, as I heard him say yesterday, the hour we're living in, that the mind of Christ should be operating in the church of the living God. And I 
Pray tonight, Lord, as we gather here tonight, Father. Lord, you know the needs, whether they would be big or small. Lord, whether they would be financial, material, spiritual, Lord. Whatever the need would be tonight, I know there's no need too great but what you can move upon the face of the situation. So we invite you to come tonight, Lord. May you take these few moments that you've allowed us, Father, to be together in your house and to be, Lord, under the auspices of this wonderful, glorious, revealed word that you've sent to us in this hour, Lord. May you help us, Lord, to just lay aside our cares and lay aside the things we're going through. And, Father, may we take these few moments to, Lord, receive from your word, Father. And, Lord, whatever's accomplished here, Lord, we'll give you all the praise. Lord, may you heal our sick. Lord, may you save our lost, Father. May you refill with the Holy Ghost. And, Lord, Lord, when this service would be dismissed tonight, may there not be one leave here but could, but could leave and say they're closer to you than they were when they came. Lord, not because a man was here or because any specific preacher was here, but, Lord, because your presence is a reality and you fill this building. We love you tonight, Lord. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory for it's in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. And all the believers says, amen. amen and amen. John, the first chapter, I want to look in the sixth verse. The Bible here uh, says, now there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that, the, he was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light. Now, I love the word here that the, that the word is speaking here of sent. There was a man sent whose name was John. He was not that light, but sent to bear witness of that light. And that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. So now we've come to the other side of sending now we've turned to receiving. So something's sent, but it's also got to be received. He came unto his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him. Now, I don't find myself in verse 11. I find myself in verse 12. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Amen. In the book of James, the first chapter, James, the first chapter, I want to pull a few verses from there, and we'll give you our subject this evening let you be seated James the first chapter a very familiar reading book of book of James the first chapter everybody love the Lord this evening yes. and then James 1 I want to look in the 21st verse of James 1 James says here wherefore lay apart all filthiness superfluity of naughtiness and receive the meekness with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves for if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. I love this verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Amen. We ask the Lord this evening to add the blessing to the reading of his word as you can be seated here this afternoon. 
uh, I, I want to say tonight, I truly believe that we are uh, hearers of the word, but I believe we're also doers of the right. word. Amen. Yes, we're sir. not just desiring to hear the word or, or to be around the word, but we're desiring to receive the word. And this evening, I want to, by the help of the Lord, to speak to you here on a thought. If I would title it tonight, I want to speak to you on receiving the bride's revival. Receiving the bride's revival. I, re I know when you speak of the bride's revival, your mind automatically goes to the quote in the third seal when the prophet said we have denominational revivals, but we haven't had a real stirring. No, 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 sir. Don't think we got revivals. We haven't. They've got millions and millions and millions of church members, but not a revival nowhere. No, the bride hasn't had a revival yet. See, there's been no revival there. He said no manifestation of God to stir the bride yet. See, but we're looking for it, for it will take those seven unknown thunders back there to wake her up again. Brother Bram says he will send it. He promised he would do it. Amen. So tonight, there's not a question of whether God is willing to send it or not. He promised that he would send it, and God has never made one promise but what he was able to back up. So we know tonight that God promised he would send the bride a revival. Recognizing your day and its message, he said the Laodicean age is supposed to receive a message. Now we're turning a corner from God promising to send something to where a prophet now says the Laodicean age is to receive a message. So amen, he's not just sending a message, but on the other hand, there's going to be somebody who's going to receive what God is sending. He will receive a message. Malachi 4, amen, said that he would do that recognize your day and its message again he said the Gentiles are called out the bride is ready the rapture is at hand can we realize that can we actually believe that is this just a story that's been told is it a myth to us is it a, a something that sounds real he said is it something that we outside can believe or is it something that's in us amen that's a part of us that's more than life to us let me let me just take a moment and ask you is this message just your religion or is it just something that you were raised up in or something that you stumbled into one day or you heard that God sent a prophet or you heard that there was something different from 900 denominations or is this message become your life? Has it, has it become your direction? Has it become your absolute? Has it become your guide? Amen. I'll say it like this. If this message is going to benefit your life, it's going to be ha have to be more than your religion. It's going to have to be more than just something you do on Sunday morning and something you do on Sunday night. Amen. But it's got to be your very life. It's got to be the reason you get up in the morning. It's got to be the reason that you, amen, you keep facing every day with every devil in hell that's against the church. There's got to be something, amen, to us that's more than just religion or more than just church anity. Yes, this has got to become our life. The prophet said, see, amen, has it become more to us or is it just a church? He said, what attitude, amen, do we set in this morning in this tabernacle? He said, remember, it's a small flock that'll receive it, amen. So here he's turned the corner now that God promised to send something that would wake up the bride. He promised to do it, that the Laodicean age was to receive a message. But now we find, amen, that he's going to send it. Somebody's going to receive it. Amen, but not everybody is going to receive what he is sending. The Bible said, fear not, little flock. It is your father's good will to give you, amen, the kingdom of God. Then tonight, amen, if you have got eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to believe and a, and a, and a life to surrender to this message, you are the most blessed person 
on the face of the earth tonight. There are millions who have come in contact with this message and there are millions that have left. There, there are thousands that have seen the, the supernatural and the manifestation of God and there's thousands that's walked away but there is a bride in the last day amen that no matter what comes against her and what troubles face her amen there's nothing that can turn her around amen because she didn't join this amen she was born into it she, she didn't find this message this message found her amen this is not the man's message this is God's message that has come to become a part of your life my amen there's only going to be a small flock that's going to receive it now when you begin to look at receiving I, I don't know I'm losing everything in my ear something's changed amen in order to receive this there must be preparation now the prophet said like this he said we must amen prepare our hearts and our spirits think about this paraphrasing amen we must prepare our hearts and our spirits now when you look at the word preparation it is the action or the process of making ready amen or being ready for use something done amen to get ready for an event or an undertaking amen then this message was not just an idea that was coming to the earth amen but this was an event of the presence of the almighty God amen this was fulfillment of prophecy amen this was Joel's prophecy fulfilled this was Zechariah's prophecy fulfilled this was Matthew's amen amen words that were fulfilled listen friends this is not amen just another revival this is not just another church people amen this is the most powerful force that has ever hit the face of the earth it is the rapturing faith of almighty God it is the same faith that Enoch possessed amen that lift him up off the earth it's the same power that Elijah had that raised him up off the earth let me say this this message is not a man's message it is God's message amen the prophet said now if God has promised a revival here amen we're going to have it if God promised a revival we're going to have it amen so let's make ready for it it's not a question of whether God is going to give us a revival amen it's not a question of whether God's going to do something amen to manifest his presence to wake the bride the question is are we going to make ready amen to receive what God is sending in the age we're living in he said let's make ready for it if God promised to heal then let's make ready for it if Jesus said amen the works that I do shall you do all so, amen, then let's make ready for it. He said, let's move out everything and get ready. We're right in the time. Amen, then we're not coming upon the time. Amen, we're right in the middle of the time tonight. We're not coming upon the hour when God is sending a message. We are living in the hour when God is sending a message and somebody is receiving that message. Father would say it like this. He would approach the Holy Ghost series. How many, how many still believes in the Holy Ghost? I know a lot of people don't, but I still do. Yeah. Amen. How many still believes in the Holy Ghost? Amen. I still believe the Holy Ghost can change situations. I still believe the Holy Ghost can clean up homes. I still believe the Holy Ghost can take sinners and make Holy Ghost-filled Christians out of them. I still believe the Holy Ghost can take young people and strip them of the things of the world. Amen. And awaken a faith in their soul to give them a power. Amen. To be an overcomer. Listen, friends. If we put the Holy Ghost out of the church, we might as well pass lock the doors, turn off the power and go somewhere else. Amen. But if the Holy Ghost is here, amen, then there is a possibility that right here tonight, lives can be changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's why it's got to be sent and it's got to be received. I tell you, amen, when the prophet preached the series on the Holy Ghost, he didn't approach it with an intellectual standpoint or an educational view. He approached it with a, approached it rather, amen, with a humble view. He said it like this. He said the other night or 
around our, after midnight, the wife and I were sitting up on praying and talking to the Lord across the little footstool in our front room, even with two open Bibles. We consecrated ourselves anew to God for a complete service. He said that we would surrender our own wills. <laughs> amen. If you're going to receive the Holy Ghost, amen, the first thing you got to do is surrender your own will. Come on now. Amen. Surrender our own will and everything. Notice this. And surrender every negative thought. Amen. To serve the Lord Jesus. He said, and I trust that's been your attitude too, that you've done the same thing. He said, then we're coming tonight and we're coming upon holy ground among a people that has been praying and fasting and making restitution and getting ready to receive, amen, something from God. Amen. They've been praying. They've been making restitution. They've been surrendering. They've been getting rid of negative thoughts. They've been getting rid of negative ideas. Amen. And making restitution to receive something from God. He said, I know that he will come. Amen. That he will come hungry will not go away hungry. Amen. He that will come hungry will not go away hungry. Amen. But God will feed him the bread of life. Amen. What is the bread of life? The prophet said, Amen. The bread is the revelation. Amen. Of Jesus Christ. And if you're hungry tonight, he he will not feed you an emotion. He will not feed you a sensation. He will not feed you some doctrine or some denomination. Amen. But if you're hungry tonight, the province of the apostolic way is, amen, that God has no set rule. That's the problem. We've set so many rules and, and so many orders and so many forms. Amen. That the Holy Ghost can't even move no more. Amen. But I think it's time somebody raise up. Amen. Like a Josiah in the house of God. Amen. And tear down every idol and tear down every tradition and let the power of the Holy Ghost come back in the church again. Well, come on, friends. Amen. It's a time when the devil's doing everything he can to put the Holy Ghost out. He's trying to silence preachers. He's trying to silence our ministry. Oh, come on, friends. Amen. I didn't come to play. I come to preach. Amen. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to sit back until the devil takes everything and we ain't got nothing to fight with. He's already trying to shut the fivefold ministry up. He's already said we can't shout. We can't dance. I'll tell you what the devil's trying to do. He's trying to get you to give up a little bit of your inheritance. Amen. To receive a little peace from him but let me say this you give the devil an inch he'll take a foot amen but I say it's time we take back everything that the devil has stole from us and let the power the revelation of Jesus Christ come back in the church again the father said if you're hungry he said don't worry he'll give you what you're hungering for if you are hungry, he will give you what you're hungering for. If you want the Holy Ghost, it can fall right now. Amen. If you want the Holy Ghost, it can fall right now. If you want peace, you can have it right now. If you want joy, you can have it right now. If you want the power of the Holy Ghost to fill your life, you can have it right now. Amen. God is a God that fulfills his promises. Amen. I'll say it like this. God, amen, is a God of preparation. Now, amen, I believe before God does anything, the prophet said he always makes preparation. He said, Mother, you that's here in the stretcher and the dear loving purser, Mother, here and all around over in the building. Now, what I want to do tonight, amen, by God's help, if he will let me, is to speak his word to you. 
Now watch this. He said that will prepare your heart for the healing service. Amen. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. He said now preparation. God, before he does anything, he always prepares for it. Before we ever go to fight a war, we prepare for that war. If you're going to get married, you prepare for that time. Amen. Before you come to church, you made preparation. Now watch this. The ambulance, amen, might have had to bring you or a loved one bring you or you had to get a certain amount of money, amen, ready before you come. It's all preparation, amen, and God always prepares the people, amen, for the events that's just about to happen, amen, then God does not send an event upon the earth, amen, to catch the people off guard, amen, but before the event comes upon the earth, amen, God sends warnings. It's in a message called Modern Events are made clear by prophecy. Go hear the end of that tape and the prophet will begin to list off scripture the words amen in case you forgot it scripture after scripture after scripture and what he's doing is taking you back to the Old Testament and he's showing you where the Old Testament prophets amen prophesied of the fulfillment of Jesus coming upon the earth he said that when they come on when Jesus came on the earth all they had to do was look back at what the prophet said and they would recognize that he was what they were writing about amen he was the fulfillment of what they were prophesying about amen I'll tell you like this tonight amen the world is in the spirit of the last day and that has not come upon the world without there being warning after warning after warning amen you got a warning in the book of Amos it's in the last days it'll be for hunger amen for hearing the word of God there's a warning there that says in the last days will be perilous times men will be lovers of their own selves they'll be pleasure seekers they'll be haughty and high minded amen there's all kinds of scriptural warnings amen the Bible says as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be as it was in the days of Sodom amen so shall be. We've got all kinds of scriptural warnings, amen, warning us of what's coming upon the unbeliever but at the same time that the world is moving, amen, by the spirit of the devil into preparation for destruction, there is a bride, amen, that is moving in the spirit of Christ and she is not preparing for destruction, she is preparing for translation. Well, glory to God. Amen. We're not here getting ready to go to hell. We're getting ready to go to glory. We're not here making doomsday preparation, trying to prepare to survive. Listen, friends, let me just go ahead and preach to you. Amen. It's about over. Amen. You might as well wake up and shake yourself and rise. Amen. And recognize this world. Amen. Is hanging in the balances tonight. Amen. Russia is hollering and communism is screaming. The world is falling apart. This is the hour. Amen. Not to stay in. It's the hour. To, it's not the hour to stay out. It's the hour to get in. It's the hour to come to a place where you're more sure of this message than you've ever been before. The world is getting ready for destruction. Amen. But the bride is getting ready for translation. Now the Bible says that John amen was in the spirit on the Lord's day and said I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Now the promise said as sure as John needed to be in the spirit to receive these tremendous revelations from Jesus amen we need to be in the spirit to understand the revelations. Now now watch this. John had to get in the spirit to receive the revelation. He said we've got to get in the spirit amen to understand the 
the revelation that God has given to us, amen, to live by his word, for it is the same spirit. So before God could send John the revelation, he had to get in the spirit to receive the revelation. He said, and before I or any other preacher can preach the word, there's got to be an atmosphere. There's got to be a, there's got to be a place prepared, amen, to receive the word when it is sent. Amen, it is amazing to me that God, amen, will make the promise, but we've got to get in condition to receive the promise. Are you with me tonight? Amen. God will make the promise, but we've got to get in condition to receive the promise. Genesis 17 verse 1 says, when Abram was 90 years old and nine, amen, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Amen. Walk before me and be thou perfect. The promise said, what was he doing? He was getting Abraham in condition to receive the miracle that was fixing to happen. Amen. When God appeared to Abraham, he was getting him in condition, amen, to receive the manifestation of the promise of Genesis 15. Oh, glory to God. He said then we find out in justification what he done with Abraham was beginning with Luther, amen, sanctification the 15th chapter when he, when he confirmed the covenant by blood, amen, the 17th chapter, he gave the Holy Ghost, the Pentecostal age, because you see, all these other elements was something outside of what the church received, amen, what Abraham received from him when he said I am El Shaddai amen the breasted God inviting Abraham amen to come and to nurse his strength he said what he gave Abraham amen was part of his name now watch this he gave Abraham part of his name he put his name positionally on the check amen the same amen as Elohim oh God amen before amen God left Abraham he changed his name and by changing his name he was putting him in condition to receive the fulfillment of the promised Isaac's son that was coming to him. Well, glory to God. It's the truth anyhow. Amen. Now watch this. He put him in condition by changing his name. He said, see, gave him a part of his own name. So without a part of God's name, Abraham was not in condition to receive the promised son. But when he received the part of God's name, it put him in condition. The promise said there's a great revelation there. Amen. I could run that a lot further. He said, but he gave him a sign that he was ready to absolutely destroy all sin that was around him. Are you ready for this? And positionally put his body in condition to receive the promised son that he had waited on exactly what he's done to the church. Amen. When God got done with Abraham, he changed his name. He changed his walk. He changed his talk. He put Abraham, amen, positionally in place to receive Isaac. Oh, glory to God. And God sent a prophet in this last days who under the first seal would say, I'm no longer going to call you church. I'm going to call you bride. And what was he doing? He was positionally, amen, placing you as the bride of Jesus Christ to receive amen, more than just a revival. To receive more than just a shout. I'm on this bride's revival. It's not a bunch of preaching and singing and dancing. This bride's revival is the fulfillment of the word that will change our bodies some morning between six and nine. This message has positionally put us in position to receive a change. Well, glory to God. Positionally. Oh, I'm trying to behave. Positionally put his body in condition to receive the son. 
Oh, glory to God. Don't you see what this message has done? It has positionally put your body to receive that black hair again. Come on. It has positionally put your body in position for them wrinkles to go away. It's positionally put the church in a position, amen, to receive the millennium. It is positionally put the church in a position to behold her husband. Amen, the church has to be in condition to receive. Now the prophet turns a corner there and says the church has to be in condition to receive the headstone. He said, do you believe the church is shaping into condition how Luther had a wide, broad way just to accept Christ? But in the minority come the Methodist measure, the Pentecostal come more in the minority Amen. The church becoming more like Christ. Amen. Now notice this from, from, from justification to sanctification to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said the church was becoming more like Christ. Amen. There's three stages to a birth, but there's four stages to restoration. Amen. Water, blood, spirit constitutes a birth, right? Amen. But the Bible says there were four death messengers that eat down the tree. He said the canker worm, the palmer worm, the caterpillar, and the locust eat down the tree. He said, but I will restore. Amen. Then the restoration, amen, was going to come by four life messengers that was going to start, amen, with a man named Luther. It was going to move to a man named Wesley. It was going to move to a church called Pentecost. Amen. But the final restoration was, amen, when the person of the word himself, amen, could step in the church and to think tonight, friends, this message has positionally placed us, amen, not at the foundation stone, we have been built when the Lord shall build up Zion. He yeah. shall appear in his glory. This message has built us. Yes, Amen. To receive the headstone. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. It's the fulfillment of Zechariah 4 that the headstone will come to the church with shoutings and crying. Amen. Grace, grace unto it. If God is going to send the headstone, there's got to be a place prepared to receive it. Are you hearing me? Amen. Come on, boys. Y'all work in metal buildings all the time, don't you? Amen. Somebody orders a building. Amen. Amen. They just got a bunch of dirt out there. Ain't, ain't cut great. Ain't done nothing. Amen. You can show that building up all day long. But unless there's a foundation that's been prepared to receive what's being sent, it'll be just another building. It'll fall apart. But if the preparation has been made for the foundation, then that building will be erected and there won't be enough storms or nothing to shake that foundation. Well, come on, friends. This message moved us, amen, off of seeking, amen, ground of denomination and put us in a place of preparation by the word to receive the greatest manifestation of God that it ever hit the face of the earth. What is it? It's the church becoming more like Christ. He said the power is to live. He said, and now the Pentecostals have to shape their self in condition to receive the headstone. Oh, this is powerful. They have to be honed so that there won't be a sound of a hammer or a buzz of a denomination. It's already cut out. It's God's program. Are you ready for this? The Holy Spirit hones it into that condition. Then that's why they don't want the Holy Ghost in the church. It's because the Holy Ghost is actually honing. Well, is it the truth or not? The Holy Spirit is actually honing the church. Amen. I know we got guys that run off in left field and say, well, amen, if a church is growing and they got a bunch of members, amen, then the man's out of the will of God and he's not preaching the word. Amen. I'll tell you what that is. That's a scarecrow. Yeah. 
That's a scarecrow in the land of Revelation. God told me one time, he said, any church that's got to build a new building is not in the will of God. I said, well, let me just ask you this. Amen, when the building's falling apart and there ain't nowhere to sit, and the, I mean, it's in complete dilapidation. Amen, is that the will of God because it's falling apart? I tell you what it is, it's a scarecrow of hell. Amen, to stop the church. Amen, from growing into its potential. Let me tell you something. We're not gathered here because of a building or because of a, of a certain type of activity. We are here tonight, amen, because the word said wherever the carcass is, amen, there the eagles will be gathered together. And what is the carcass? The carcass is the word. And the promise in Acts, the second chapter, revealed to the church that the spirit follows the word and the word is in the spirit. He said, now watch, the spirit and the word will never be separated. So if you get the spirit in the church, it'll be because the word is in the church. And if you get the word in the church, the spirit will automatically be there. Is there anybody here tonight with say Lord amen let the Holy Ghost hold my life let it cut away sin let it cut away unbelief let it cut away negativity put me in condition to receive amen the fulfillment of the word in the age I'm living in it will literally put you in the condition to receive you say what is the Holy Ghost I'll tell you what it is it's Jesus on the inside working on the outside Amen. It's Jesus making the difference. The preacher's not making the difference. It's Jesus on the inside. Amen. Working on the outside. And the prophet said like this. He said the power that's in you, amen, that heals you is on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit is there. You just have to let it work its way out. See, just like that in the tree, you don't have to pour the apples in the tree to make it bear apples. It's just placed in the ground and it drinks and pushes out. Amen. Well, that's the way you do with the Holy Spirit. It's only inside of you. You just drink from the inexhaustible fountain of Jesus Christ and it pushes out all the fruits of the Spirit. So then what is actually bringing the church in condition, amen, to manifest amen, the fruits of the Spirit? It's the Spirit itself yeah. on the inside of the church that is bringing about yes. a change. Yes, sir. Oh, thank you, Lord. He said, now I'll tell you like this, we're not standing here like the Pentecostal days. He said, we're living ahead of that now. We are beyond Pentecost. Now, I know people say, well, then if we're beyond Pentecost, we ought to be beyond altar calls. Altar calls is not Pentecost. Come on, yeah. church. Yeah. Amen, well, if we're beyond Pentecost, we ought not be dancing. Amen, David was dancing before there was one Pentecostal church yeah. on the face Come of the on. earth. Well, we're beyond Pentecost. We ought to be on prayer lines. Amen, where did prayer only apply to the Pentecostal group? Come on, friends. Yeah. It's the devil that's robbed the church of the redemptive blessings that Christ died for to have. But there is an army in the last days who yeah. is not backing up to this devil. She is possessing her land. It may be little by little by little, but God God will give her strength to go in and tear down and to rid out every unbelieving spirit and to make way for the liberty of the message of the hour to come in the church. Well, we're beyond Pentecost, are we really? The part of God said Pentecost is God. So to say we're beyond Pentecost is to say we're beyond God. We're beyond that. Well, Brother Adam, where are we at then? He said we're beyond the Methodist. We're beyond the Lutheran. He said we're way on up to the coming of the Lord. Yeah. We're the ministry that Jesus Christ exercised himself has to be exactly like the, like the headstone on the pyramid. He said, see, has to be honed till every stone fits perfectly. And the church, somebody say the church. Yeah. 
the church has got to get in condition to receive the headstone. He said, then that will take the whole thing in the resurrection when the body is raised up. Yeah. Oh, my. Then the faith. When you think about God, amen, fulfilling a promise, you realize the Bible says, amen, the book of Luke, the 24th chapter, that behold, I send the promise yeah. of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Yeah. See, actually what was happening was there was 120 seeds that the promise of God said they hold themselves <laughs> They hauled themselves into the upper room. He said they got up there in the upper room. He said yeah. what they were doing was getting in condition to receive the fulfillment of the promise. Acts the first chapter, the 13th verse says, then they were coming in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of, of Aphias, Simon, Zelotus, and Judas, uh, Judas, the brother of James. Now notice this, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren he said now when the word of God is put into the fertile grounds of the inspired believer it produces exactly what God said it would do because it cannot fail I love that brother David it's God's eternal word got to awaken the people got to bring us to something that when the word is received that's the inspiration Amen. and a man is in no condition now watch this a man is in no condition outside of repentance he's in no condition to receive the word until he's first inspired until a man comes into a place of repentance, he is in no condition to receive the inspired word. Amen. You know what repentance does? It puts us in condition to receive a revival. It puts us in condition to receive an answer. It puts us in condition, amen, to receive a miracle. Amen. Now, I know, Brother yeah. Dale, this may not be popular, but it's still in the Bible. Amen. It's a little bitty word called repentance. Hello, somebody. Amen. The word repent is still in the Bible. Yeah, come on. Is it still there, Joel? Yeah. Yeah. Ben, is it still there? Is there any other? Amen. Amen. Brother Allen, is it still there? Stuart, is it still there? If there's any other preachers, is it still there? Are you, is, is the word repent is still in the Bible? And if it's still there, I think somebody ought to preach it. We're trying to get somewhere. We're skipping over what it takes to get there. Come on, friends. That's not trying to get to Africa and fight the plane that's going to take you there. Amen. The plane is your transportation into your destination. And the prophet said, amen, repentance was there on the day of Pentecost, which was a transporter into the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let a man repent of his sin. Oh, what the church needs is an old-fashioned repentance and wash it out by the Holy Ghost until there's room for the revival of God. Amen to come in the church. Come on, friends. Sometime or other we got to quit covering up stuff and just deal with it. Yeah, come on. Well, Brother Andrew, our kids need revival. That's right. And you won't repent for something that happened 20 years ago. I tell you, you're the thing standing between them and the revival. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I need an answer from God. Amen. But I still can't forget Brother So-and-so. Amen. I'll tell you, you're the one standing between you and your answer. Well, Brother Andrew, if I repent, it won't look too formal. Who said anything about formality anyhow? Yeah. 
who said anything about dignity? I'll tell you what's not dignified is a good old-fashioned repentance. I'll tell you what's not dignified is a good old-fashioned outpouring of the Holy Ghost, but it'll take a miserable creature and make him a clean living, new creature in Christ Jesus by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Don't you ever forget the baptism of the Holy Ghost begins with a repentance. Hello, somebody. Well, I may have to preach my way out of this ditch, but it ain't the first one I've got in, and I will preach my way out of it. I still believe repentance changes things. Well, Brother Andrew, I'm so revelated. Your revelation don't take away your ability to repent. And if it does, that revelation didn't come from God. It came from the devil who had arrogance in his. Well, it's in the message. The prophet said the devil is the pappy of all dignity. Come on, it's in there. He said Satan Lucifer is the father or the pappy of all dignity. The Bible says there were two men went down to the temple one day to pray. He said one man went in there and he went in there and told God how many times he fasted, how many books he read, how many tapes he listened to, how many meetings he attended. He laid out all of his prerequisites. He'd been to receive something from God. And the Bible said that man left in the same condition that he came in. But there was another man who came in there he didn't have nothing to offer God. He knew he was a stinking, filthy wretch that was on his way to hell. Amen. But there was a God who was rich in mercy. There was a God who sat high and he looked low and he looked upon this man in his miserable condition. And the Bible said that publican left there. He'd been justified. I'll tell you what happened. That Pharisee left there dignified, but that publican, that publican left there justified. I don't know about you. I don't want to leave the house of God dignified. I want to leave here justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. I want to be in condition to receive the changing of my body. Yes, sir. Well, it's the truth anyhow. You're going to leave here one way or the other. You'll either leave here dignified or justified. Well, Brother Andrew, I don't think repentance is that important to revival. Let me just read you what the prophet said. He said, of all my travels through the U.S. and the United States and Canada, I seen something last night that thrilled me more than all the wheelchairs I've seen emptied up. All the crutches laid down. All the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the dumb to speak, the dead that's been raised up. All more. This, this thrilled him more than all the doctors signed statements that the person was dead and raised up. That's all been thrilling. But when I seen people last night who were members of the church receive truth and stand right up in the midst of the people to confess their wrong and they're willing to do right, that was the best I know of. Amen. He says to the church, perhaps the bride is done chosen. It's get her ready now. The revival is over. He said there's no more revival spirit. Two more hours of services and everybody is complaining. He said just revival all day and night and it never breaks. He says the revival is done. We're just gleaning. The revival, he says, is done. We're just gleaning. Are you saying the bride's revival is done, Belander? No, sir. I'm saying the bride's revival is the gleaning. 
Is that okay? Amen. He said, Abraham, Eliezer, amen, servant had to sweat it out until he found character. And when he found character, the next thing was prepare her to meet the bridegroom. That's the next thing you remember when they found her was in the evening time. Amen. The brother Harold, the evening time is the preparation time. It is the time to prepare for the going away. Amen. It's striking. He said that both women and men last night seeing them in respect to the word stand up and admit they're wrong and want God's forgiveness to go on. This is the place, amen, to have a revival. Brother David, if they're ready for revival, I know of, it would happen right here where there's honest hearts. If a revival is going to happen, it'll happen where there's honest hearts. It'll happen where men and women aren't ashamed for the power of the Holy Ghost to shake them till they shake their hair down. It'll happen in a place where people are not afraid for the word to discern their thoughts and the intents and directions of the life and let God come in and take control of their vessel. Oh, come on, friends. You want revival? It starts with repentance. Well, Andrew, I don't know. You, he said, now notice, when you've got honest hearts, you say, why, Brother Branham? You've got something to work on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, now I've just got to say what he said. Yeah. He said, most of them will get arrogant. Yeah. They don't want you to tell them about it. Just remember, yeah. that type of seed is a denominational seed. Right. It's not a seed of Abraham. Right. He said, a seed of Abraham sees the word and believes the word quickly. Yeah. Well, Brother Andrew, I don't know. I need God to heal my body. Yeah. I, need, I need God to heal me of this sickness. Well, I'm going to give you a key right here. He said, of course, you know what I'm doing now. I'm just contacting your spirit, see, and talking to you. I want you to believe this, that God knows all things. And what it's trying to do is to get you yeah. in condition to receive him as your healer. Yes, sir. Oh, God. The, the angel of God was standing on the platform to get the people in condition to receive their healer. Amen. Just something that will stimulate faith that's in you because you being a Christian, it's there, but it may be laying dormant. Come on, friends. Anybody need a healing? Anybody need a deliverance? Anybody need a touch from God? I did not come to condemn you by the word. I come to lift you by the word. Amen. The, the, the faith is laying there. Joel the healer's in the building The freedom is here The word has got free course in the church The spirit is moving friends But what happens is Is a bunch of negativity And a bunch of unforgiveness And a bunch of unrepentance And a bunch of sin And a bunch of worldliness Amen causes the faith of God Amen to lay dormant in the church But there is still a man here Who can turn on the light There's still a power of the Holy Ghost That can break out in the church That'll cause hard hearts men to repent yes, well brother Andrew you don't understand this is just the way I am well it ain't the way you gotta stay yeah. well this is just the way I am I'm not friendly well they ain't gotta stay that way well this is just the way I am I just don't get excited about church well, well contrary to popular belief you ain't gotta stay that way yeah God told me one time, he said, well, he said, I get in trouble here, brother. He said, he said, well, I'll tell you what, I just don't get excited about church. I said, well, problem is I've been hunting with you. And I've seen you out there. And I've seen you in church. The truth is you don't get excited about what's going on in the church. 
Well, preach, Brother Andrew. Thank you. I believe I will. I'll tell you what the truth is. The truth is you're not emotional. You're just selective about what you let get to your emotions. But if you ever get the Holy Ghost, it'll kick that formal devil square in the face. It'll cause a man that's never raised his hands to raise his hands in the house of God. It'll cause a woman, amen, to break out another dimension and begin to speak in tongues and see vision. Come on, church. I still believe in the Spirit of God. I still believe mothers can get along with God in their prayer closets and break out into another tongue as they pray over them babies. I still believe in the Pentecostal blessing. It's the fulfillment of the resurrection. I still believe in casting out devils. I still believe the Holy Ghost is able to fall. Yes, sir. I still believe the word can stimulate our hearts. But you got to get, you got to get in condition to receive it. Do you realize God right here tonight has given somebody a visitation? But do you realize you'll miss your visitation if you're out of condition? Yeah, that's right. I might just, might just slow down here and pile a few minutes, but is that okay, Brother Ben? Come on. How long are you going to carry that bad mood around? Well, my mama was moody. Well, you ain't got to be. Come on. Come on. You're going to carry that in the marriage and destroy that marriage. Come on. Well, brother, Andrew, I just, I've just always been this way. Well, keep on carrying that until you ain't got no friends, you ain't got no fellowship, and it ain't nobody's fault but your own because you got no stinking bad attitude. Come by here quickly, Jesus. But you realize you're not the first one to have one either. So if you were the first one to have one, I would sit here and try to reason the way with you to get out of it. But you're not the first one to have one. I've got a biblical reference of somebody that had one, and she was able to get out of it. You know what her name was? It was Sarah. The prophet of God said she was kind of in an awful mood that morning. He said, and you don't see things when you come to church in that kind of mood. You know why you don't see shouting? It's because you're in a bad mood. You know why you don't see the opening of the seventh seal? It's because you're in a bad mood. You know why you don't see the power of God? Amen. Fall in the church. It's because you're in a bad mood. You, that bad mood is no condition to receive a revival. But if you'll cast that bad mood out by the power of the Holy Ghost and let the faith of God raise up in your life, it'll change your attitude. It'll change your nature. It'll change your walk. It'll change your talk. It'll change everything about you. The power of the Holy Ghost can still change lives. Well, Brother Andrew, I'm just proud of my bad attitude. Well, then how come the prophet took time to say, oh, God. There was a man sitting on his porch. He said his mama, she was moody. And he said he got the same trait. I know many people don't know this, but it was actually Brother Bram's nephew that was in that condition. He said he marries that girl to make hell on earth for her. Brother Andrew, I tell you what, if we're going to have mood stabilizers, we've got to send them to the psychologist. I resent that devil in the name of Jesus Christ. You know what I happen to believe? I believe the Holy Ghost can stabilize a man's mood. I believe the Holy Ghost can stabilize a family's mood. I believe the Holy Ghost, amen, Brother Ben, in the middle of Laodicea, can stabilize a young person. I don't believe we've got to be hooked on drugs to be stabilized in this age. I don't believe we've got to have depressants to go to sleep and get uppers to get up. I believe 
there's a power of the herald in the Holy Ghost that'll wash a man. It'll stabilize a man. It'll lift him up out of the valley. It'll put him on the mountaintop. It'll bring a stability to his life. You don't see things when you come to church in a bad mood. You just no need of trying it. You might as well stay at home. You won't get nothing out of it. When you come to church, come prayed up. Glory. Well, I didn't get nothing out of that service. When's the last time you prayed? Well, I didn't get nothing out of that sermon. When's the last time you prayed? And I guess it's just whatever you call me, elective evangelist or whatever coming out here tonight. Are you, are you hearing me? He said, come praying. He said, come in the atmosphere. Come expecting. Well, it's just a Wednesday night. What's wrong with expecting on a Wednesday night? I've seen the Holy Ghost come in the church on a Wednesday night and change impossible situations. Come on, church. Amen. I've seen the Holy Ghost come in on a Saturday night and change lives forever. Quit putting limits on God. Somebody rise up and shake that negativity off and receive a spirit to receive the engrafted word with meekness, which is able to save your souls. Now, I'll tell you this. And I'm just going to keep preaching for a minute. Oh, so you ain't going to keep that bad attitude and go into rapture. Well, Brother Andrew, don't nobody like me. Nobody likes you because you think everybody owes you something. I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here and I'm preaching anyhow. Are, are you hearing me? You think everybody owes you something. Nobody owes you nothing. But, but how long are you going to sit there and harbor that bad attitude when the headstone is coming in the church when the pride's revival when the greatest manifestation of God that's ever hit the face of the earth is hitting it right now now Abraham shows you that Abraham and Sarah was there he said Abraham knew the time of promise was drawing close it had to be he was a hundred years old he was expecting it at any time he watched every minute when he ran in and told Sarah this I believe is our day of visitation she kind of looked at him with them big eyes and thought well Abraham you've said that a long time but you know he said there will come a time when it will be so you said that, Brother Ben, for 10 years, for 20 years. I'm on church, but there will come a time when what's been said will be so. Then when the angel took his chair and leaned back, he said, Abraham, seeing that you've got faith with God and you are heir of the world, you're going to be the father of many nations. You believe that since you were 75 years old. That's been 20 five years and otherwise you've waited for this promised child by Sarah and now oh God and now I'm not going to keep this from you what I'm going to do is visit you according to the time of life now, now, now brother Ben Sarah is sitting there in the house God is communing with Abraham and Sarah is sitting there with a bad attitude and now Sarah's sitting there eardropping. Notice this, kind of halfway 
in an upset mood from her condition that morning, she thought in her heart, now isn't that a silly thing in our day? Me, an old woman, as old as I am here, 90 years old, there sits my husband, 100 years old. Hear that mood coming out now? Well, we might as well go ahead and cut that head of that devil off. Well, I'm just a 95-year-old woman, and you're just a 100-year-old man. I St. James Dobson, this is William Branham. Well, you're about 100 years old, and we've been married since we were 17. Amen. How can this be? See, she had herself all out of condition to receive it when God brought it. Her bad mood had her out of condition to receive it when God brought it. Oh my, he said, don't never get that in your heart. You be open. You be ready. She missed it. She failed to see it. He said, and I maybe wonder if that's what's happened to our church. Let's look for the Holy Ghost to come in in the supernatural and raise some things. Let me say, the church don't need a facelift. The church needs a birth. The church don't need a psychologist handshake. The church needs a birth. Of Acts 2.38 where the Holy Ghost comes in and renovates the tabernacle. Well, Brother Andrew, amen, I'm just, y'all give me a few more minutes of grace. Amen, I'm I'm not going to get done that, and I didn't plan I would. But let me just say it like this. Amen, the secret to spiritual things is the preparation of the human heart. The prophet said the first thing there is is the preparation of the human heart. He said, now they find out that God was right, that the human heart, he said, see, they say that man don't think with his heart, he thinks with his head. He said, but they say that. He said, but it isn't in an animal heart. It isn't in any other heart. But the human heart has a little compartment in the middle of the human heart that doesn't even have a blood cell in it. Watch this. It's the occupation of the soul. So man really does think with his head or with his heart, not his head. Now I want you to catch something here because two key things to a believer, amen, is a clean heart and a right spirit. Say that with me. A clean heart and a right spirit. A clean heart. Is anybody awake? A clean heart and a right spirit. Over the under that don't matter. Well, how come David said, created me a clean heart, O God? And renew a right spirit within me. He said, cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Do you realize in Psalms 51 what had happened was David had transgressed and he had committed adultery with Bathsheba. Amen. And Uriah had her husband killed in the forefront of the battle. And the Bible history shows us that nearly a year into King David's rule, a man after God's own heart, he refused to deal with his shameful sin. Of all the Psalms, think about this, of all the Psalms, Psalms 51 is best known and loved because it's so personal. David teaches us that the confession with the right attitude is what gets God's attention. David desired a change. A change will never come until you're ready for one. David desired a change. 
Therefore, he asked God to radically transform him by creating in him a clean heart, a new pure heart of fleshly desires. Along with that, he asked God to renew a right spirit within him. The right comes from an adverb or verb which means to make firm or establish. Here it means to fix or be steadfast. Until this horrible failure, David had stood firm in the face of temptation. But now he asked God... Once again, Lord, he said, stir my heart to a steadfast and renew that same enduring spirit within me. Friends, are you hearing me tonight? Renew that right spirit within me. Now notice this. Brother Joel, what David desired was a change. David did not desire a change of attitude or a change of thought. David desired a change of heart. The prophet said, man has got to receive Christ. Amen. Put, put these things up and give me some base in them. Amen. Man has got to receive Christ as personal Savior and be born again and filled with his spirit to ever get into God and know anything about him. Yeah. Now think about yeah. this. Before a man can receive God, he's got to have a change. The prophet said it might be a change of mind, but you can have a change of mind without having a change of heart. Glory to God. You can have a change of mind without having a change of heart. He said, now watch. He said, a lot of ministers take good churches and so forth because it's a bill ticket. A lot of more people pay better at the church. That's not a change of heart. That's a change of mind. But what the church needs is not a change of mind. They need a change of heart. Then what is God's preparation today? Is it psychology? Is it education? Is it intellectualism? The Father God said God's preparation today is the Holy Spirit. Now, he said, see, Ezekiel 18, 31, cast, cast away from you all your transgression, whereby ye have transgressed, and make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will ye die, yes, O house of Israel? Yeah. What are you saying, preacher? I'm asking you tonight, why will you sit there and die in that condition? Yeah. Brother Darrell, why do people sit there and die in those conditions when there's a possibility for a change? Yeah. Right. Can, I know this is simple, but can I deliver my heart? My voice is shocked, so I'm trying to give it all I got. A new heart, he says in Exodus, or Ezekiel 36, 26, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. Watch this. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Who is saying he's going to do this? It's not Ezekiel. It's the spirit of prophecy coming through Ezekiel that's saying the Holy Ghost will come, but he cannot come into a stony heart. Are you hearing me, church? Brother Jeremy, the Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost is falling. Brother Tim, the Holy Ghost is here. But the problem is he will not come into a stony heart because a stone cannot receive. You can pour on a stone, it'll run off. You can kick a stone and your foot won't get in it. You can stomp on it and all you'll do is crush it. Oh, God. 
But God said, when I send the manifestation of God that will wake up that sleeping bride, there will be a heart of flesh to receive the manifestation of the revival that I'm sending. Yeah. Now you say, preacher, how do I get rid of this? The prophet of God said, God, by an act of grace, gives you a new heart. And the new spirit. Can I, can I just leave you with a few thoughts here? He was going to make a new church. He said, you can't polish up the old church. He said, I'll take the old stony heart away. Now, are you ready for this? Are you ready? Not you'll throw it away. But I'll take it away. Do you see the difference? It's an act of grace. And the headstone shall come forth crying. Grace, grace, grace unto it. Let me say it to you like this. Only God can transform a stony heart. Only God can create a clean heart. The prophet of God said to God that can open blinded eyes. Are you ready for this? Can clean a dirty heart. A God that can open deaf ears can take away a bad mood. A God that can raise the dead. Are you hearing me? A God that can raise the dead. You know what he can do? He can bring stability to your attitude, to my life. David knew that God was a creator. And so David said, created me a clean heart, O God. David knew he needed a washing of his heart. He knew that could only come by an encounter with the creator. The prophet of God said, brother, when the deity of God by the Holy Ghost comes into the human heart, it calls out everything that Christ hasn't created. You know that's the truth. God calls out by the washing of the water of the word. The waters of separation. He said, see, the church must, the church must be a clean place. Not the habitation of every foul bird. And all, the, all kinds of things going on and fussings. The word is to be kept in a clean place. With a clean heart. A pure conscience. He said that's to be given out to the hearer. Then what God wants. Can I, can I, can I have just a few minutes here? I'm, I'm closing, I promise. I've got my timer going. God wants a clean heart. Clean church. With clean hands. That he can manifest this bride's revival through. The prophet God said the time has come for the Pentecostal church to make a stand. The time has come to circumcise the church. To call out all this foolishness. The time has come to go back to the old landmark. The time has come for the outpouring. The time has come for the gathering of the people. He says the time has come for Jesus to come. How many tonight can say, Lord... Put my life 
in condition to receive this revival. Put my attitude in condition to receive the manifestation of what you're doing. You say, preacher, a heart and a spirit, it can't be that important. Oh, it's very important. It's very important. The prophet of God, many times, he would say it like this, Brother Benny would say, now what you, what you wonder what I'm doing is I'm standing here waiting. He said, I'm waiting for him to come. He said, now, many times we even say this, Brother Joe, he'll say, see, I feel your spirit. You're not resenting. You have a welcoming spirit. You know what else the prophet of God said? He said, a man of God can get in his office and study and pray and seek the face of God. He said, and come to the pulpit so anointed and so inspired. Now listen to what he said. And he said, if he comes to a resenting audience, the spirit won't reveal one thing. Now I know a lot of preachers have used that quote to put all the pressure on the church. Well, it's the church's fault because nothing's moving. Yeah. Now, I'll put it this way. There's a standard held to both the pulpit and the pews. Come on, church. You say, well, preacher, I don't think it really matters if I come here in a bad mood. Brother Bram said, you better be off, you'd be better off staying home. Can I, Brother, Brother Dale, can I just go by saying this? How serious a resenting spirit really is. Do you realize the prophet of God was preaching a message in Edmund Way? Was sitting in a service. Uh, Fell over dead. Brother Ram come back and said, now you were here the other day when our brother Way fell over in the service. He said, what happened was he resented a little something I said. Friends, I don't know about you, but when I heard him say that, Brother Dan, I went to my knees. And I said, God, don't ever let me sit in the presence of your word with a resenting spirit. But God, give me a receptive spirit. Give me a heart to receive. Give me a heart to receive this engrafted word. And then you can say tonight, Lord, that's what I want. I want a heart, a flesh to receive your word. Let our musicians come tonight. In condition to receive. Oh, my. I say tonight, let the Spirit of God, let the Holy Ghost move through our lives once again. You know, church, it's not too late for a change. You realize that? It's not too late for a change. There's still a possibility for things to change. You, you, brother, brother David, you've been singing enough. You know that resentment spirit. Brother Ben, you, you've been preaching. You ministers know. You know, I found out the other day that really a lot of times it's not the person resenting it. It's the spirit on them resenting the word. You know why? Because that spirit don't want them to break out into another realm where they can say it's the truth. Because, Brother Ben, the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. What the devil don't want you to do is get rid of that resenting spirit 
and that bad mood and that hard heart. He don't want you to break out into a realm, Brother David, Brother Daryl, rather, where you can say, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. Several years ago, I was preaching. I was preaching in a meeting. And there was a lady. She wasn't even there. She was listening on the, on the live stream. I was preaching. And I said, you know, a lot of people, they put ministers out of the pulpit and they've turned them into tape churches. I said, you know why? I said, because they, I said, because they don't want a revival. I said, they don't want a revival. You said, Brother Andrew, why? Amen. Because anybody that's got a television in their home is not going to play a tape or Brother Ram's blasting televisions. <laughs> Just ain't going to happen. Are, are, you, are you hearing me? I mean, if, if, if the church is becoming full of Hollywood fashions, they're not going to play Invasion of the United States of America. Where a prophet said that Hollywood fashion come from the pits of hell. The devil set it up in his headquarters of Hollywood. They ain't going to play that. When I said that, I didn't know, but there was, a, there was a lady listening online. And the next day, somebody called me. And they said, man, said you must have ruffled some feathers. I said, what do you mean? They said, well, there's this big, long article on the Internet about what you said. And I said, what do you mean? So brother, brother told me where it was, and I went and looked at it. I mean, there's a long article. Well, you get up and say this, and you preachers, blah, 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 blah. You don't want to revive? And I thought, mercy. Never even met the lady. A few years later, I ran into her to camp, and she came to me, and she said, Brother Andrew, she said, I want to apologize to you. She said, two years ago, I was listening to a sermon you was preaching because my aunt told me to turn it on. She said, I heard you say something, and she said, I rejected that. She said, because I was going to a church just like that, and I thought we had a revival. She said, but while I was sitting, now listen, these were her words. She said, while I was sitting there listening to tapes, every service I was dying. You say, preacher, how in the world can you say, listen, I'm not knocking the tapes. I listen. <laughs> well, I might as well quit and preach. I'm here. I listen to probably more tapes. Well, at least leave that long. But when I hear the tapes, I hear the prophet saying, let the Holy Ghost in the church. She said, I sat there with Andrew, and she said, I lost my revival. I lost my standards and everything. She said, when I recognized that wasn't you saying it, it was the Word saying it. She said, I'm back on fire today. She said, I'm not asking you so much to forgive me. She said, I want God to forgive me. I said, sis, he's already forgiven you. Do you realize what a resentment spirit can do? It can take you out of the move of God. Now, I know this is not skim milk. This is meat. And I know it may not be shout material, but it's the truth anyhow. We need a clean heart. We need a right spirit. We need a place where the power of God can flow. He won't move through a dirty life. He won't manifest. Before long, it'll be a stale church. How many died could say, God... This is the attitude I want to take. Put me in condition to receive. Brother Dale, I don't want nothing between me and the Lord on the morning of the body change. I don't want to be, I don't want there to be nothing there between me and receiving what I've been longing for and expecting for so long. Won't you stand to your feet with us tonight? we can have a revival we're going to have one if God promised we could see miracles we're going to see them if God promised our lives are going to be full of his joy and his word and his power 
That's the way it's going to be.
good friend of mine, love him to death. He said, I said this. I said, what's the next thing the devil's going to take away? What's the next thing, Brother Bram, taught the devil's going to take your liberty away on it? And I'm asking you tonight, what's the, what's the next thing the devil's going to take away if you don't take a stand now? He's already taken away your joy to fellowship. He's already taken away the peace in your home. Many people, he's taken away their hand claps and their hand raises. But tonight, friends, is there anybody say, oh God, I'm not coming with you before you with an arrogant spirit. I'm not coming as the Pharisee come. I'm coming as the publican. I don't have nothing good to bring you, Lord. But I want to be justified. I want to be transformed. I, I want to be... I want to be in condition, Lord. And I want to be like Enoch. That if this is the day we go for our daily walk and our daily stroll, if this is the day, Lord, that you say, come on up. I don't have to go back home and fix nothing. I'm in condition to take my translation. Friends, it's more than just a camp meeting. It's more than just a service. This is the revival. It's a life consecrated to the Word of God. Won't you bow your hearts with us tonight? This altar's open. There's some's already come. There's room for more if you want to come. But is there anybody here tonight as we bow our hearts together can say, Lord, I want to get in condition. I've been talking about it for a long time. I've been, I've been, I've been knowing there's a lot of things I need to do. I've been knowing for years I've been needing to change my attitude and change the way I look at things. And I, I know that that these things have been passed down through my family bloodlines and family trees. But tonight, God, I don't want a facelift. I want a renovation. I want to be home by your Holy Spirit. I want to come closer to that capstone. I, I want to come into the person of Jesus Christ. God bless you there, sis. God bless you. God bless you, buddy. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Maybe there's some unforgiveness or maybe there's some bitterness. Maybe there's some hard feelings. Maybe there's some, some worldliness that's laying on your faith. When the word is preached, it can't get in there and stimulate you. But tonight, let the Holy Ghost, let the Holy Ghost take a Holy Ghost chisel, chisel it out of your life, throw it away, and make room for the new heart. Heavenly Father, Lord, from the pulpit to the back door, from the young to the old, there's been hands raised all over this building tonight, Lord. Father, we're not here for just another weekend meetings. We're not here just to fill up space and time on a Saturday night. But Lord, we're here because the world is getting in the spirit for destruction. Lord, they're making preparations for destruction. Lord, as you look around and we go around and see the world, Father, we see them, Lord, things that people are doing to their bodies these days. Lord, becoming more drastic and more drastic. And Lord, years ago, it wasn't nothing to, to see someone with a little earring in their ear. But now today, God, they've gotten to where they put these things in them where it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, Lord. Father, I never will forget as a young man in high school, there was a boy coming there and the bottom of his ear, his ear was busted wide open and just dangling in two pieces. And he was proud of it. He was proud that he had reached the greatest and biggest stage of the gauge fashion that it busted his earlobe. I thought, oh God, right there is the fulfillment of the words of a prophet. They're in one degree from total insanity. 
Lord, they're just bringing upon them an anointing for destruction. But Lord, here before me tonight is the purchase of your blood. Here is a group of believers that are not looking for destruction. Lord, we're looking for translation. And Father, if the world is getting in condition to receive destruction, then there's got to be a contrast of the people getting in condition to receive translation. Father, as I raise my hand, Lord, I don't want nothing between me and thee. Lord, as these believers, different places in this building have raised their hands tonight, Father. Lord, they don't want nothing between them and you, Lord. They want a clear channel, Lord. Lord, they want to walk in the perfect law of liberty. They don't just want to be hearers of the word. Father, there's people that have bad attitudes and they're hearers of the word. They have bad moods and they're hearers of the word. But Lord, when they let go of that negativity and they surrender their own will, they move from just being a hearer of the word to being a doer of the word. And tonight, dear God, I'm asking you to send your spirit into this building, Lord, and deal with hearts, deal with lives tonight, dear God. Transform believers from being hearers of your word to be endures in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ transform us tonight God Lord you're still the creator create a clean heart in every life here tonight hallelujah Lord you're still the transformer transform every heart of stone to a heart of flesh to receive this engrafted word which is able it's more than able to save our souls in Jesus Christ's name hallelujah we're going to pray with these around the altar if anyone else tonight wants to step out and needs prayer we'll be glad to pray with you maybe you need to receive an answer from the Lord you say but Andrew as the word's been preached tonight it's moved me in condition. Maybe you've got a sickness in your body. Maybe there's something that's trying to destroy your marriage or destroy your family. The Spirit of God is here tonight. The Holy Ghost is here in operation tonight to hone down lives, to give the Messiah a fit reception in their flesh. Sing it again for us. Oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Oh, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, and spirit within me oh cast me not away from thy presence oh Lord take not thy Holy Spirit from me And restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and renew a right spirit 
within me. Cast me not away. Oh, Lord, please cast me not away from thy presence, oh, Lord. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and renew a right spirit. Oh, pass me not. Oh, gentle Savior, oh, just hear my humble cry, and while all others thou art called. Not pass me by. Oh, we're crying, Savior. Oh, call on him tonight. Oh, my Savior. Won't you hear? He'll bring stability where instability's been. He'll bring where confusion has been. He'll bring unity and where division has resided. All are calling. Oh, please do not pass me by. Crying Savior. It's not too late. It's still possible for a change. Won't you hear my humble cry? And why all others are Close your eyes and raise your hands to him for just a moment. Can you just lift your voice wherever you are? Just give him praise. Just give him adoration. Just give him love. He's still the changer. The changer's in the building tonight. The changer's here tonight. Friends, there was two men walking on the road to Emmaus. 
They were rehearsing all the negative things that had happened. They were talking about how that the Lord had been crucified and he was laid in a tomb and he was hung on a cross. And they, were, they were going through all the negative things that they could think of. They were going through all the negative things that had happened and the dark things. And they were saying, are you not a stranger among us? Do you not know what's happened? Do you not know all the things we're going through? Do you not know all these things? Little did they realize they were walking with what they thought was a stranger. But in reality, he was the changer. He wasn't the stranger. He was the changer. He was the one that they were talking about. He was the one that was laid in that tomb, but he was up again. And their eyes were holding from him until he took him in a little room and began to break the bread because they were hungry for it. And when they saw him do it, their eyes come open and they knew this is him. This is the one that can change. This is him. Friends, how long have you been walking with this message and haven't recognized this is the one that's going to change your body? Brother David, you walked with it for a long time, but just a few years, just a year ago, that changer walked into your life, didn't he? We're not just walking with it. We're living in it. You know that song when I think about the Lord, how he raised me. God bless you tonight, friends. God richly bless you. I pray something's been said to bless you. I pray if anything's been said to hurt you, you'll forgive me. I didn't say it purposefully. I was just preaching the message. That's all I know to do is preach this message. But kick out that old hard heart. Kick out that resenting spirit. Get in condition to receive this body change. God bless you tonight. To the uttermost When I think about the Lord How He picked me up And turned me around How He placed my feet On solid ground Oh, it makes me want to shout Hallelujah Thank you, Jesus Lord, you're worthy Of all the glory And all the honor and all the praise oh it makes me want to shout hallelujah thank you jesus lord you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise oh when i think about the lord and how he saved me how he raised me how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, how He healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how He picked me up and turned me around, how He placed my feet on solid ground. What does it make you want to do that? Makes me want to shout. Cause I know where Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory. And all the honor and all the praise, oh, and it makes me want to shout, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. It makes me want to shout, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise.
Jesus makes me want to shout. Somebody ought to worship him a minute before we go. Thank you ought to worship Jesus. him a minute if, Lord, if the changers walked in. You ought to just glory, let him know how much you love him, how much you appreciate him. Is he worthy tonight? Oh, makes me want to shout. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy. Hallelujah. All the glory, all the honor, all the praise. It makes me want to shout. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. It makes me want to shout. Give him a hand of praise tonight. Amen. It's me worthy. It's me worthy. Hallelujah. If you've been good to you tonight. Amen. I mean, don't you just appreciate when he takes his scalpel and the great surgeon goes to working on your heart. Amen. That's how you know you're a Christian. You can feel that. There's something inside of you. There's a conviction there. He said, Lord, make me, give me a clean heart. Give me a clean heart. I know, I know that I walked through a world of, of, of dirt and filth. Give, make me clean, Lord. Yes. Keep me clean. Yes. Help me walk with you. Yes. Amen. That's what I felt like tonight. Yes. Oh, I feel like the man standing there in the temple, not the Pharisee, yes. but the public. We got too many Pharisees. Right. I feel like the publican standing there and said, Lord, I'm not worthy to even stand here. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to repent with all of my heart. Lord, if you can save me, you can save anybody. Yes. Amen. If you can deliver me, you can deliver anybody. If you could make me a preacher, you could make anybody a preacher. If you could, if you could give salvation to my family, you could give salvation to any family. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Do you believe it tonight? Hasn't it been good to be in the house of the Lord? Yeah. Amen. 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 Let's sing this together. Oh, all I want to do is love Him. Amen. Raise your hands so to Him before we go. I feel His love for me. And Jesus paid the price of redemption. Oh, aren't you glad he did? On the cross of Calvary. Well, Andrew preached his heart so up tonight. Why don't we worship every just day? Why don't we worship just we're not worshiping because a man preached, but because Christ oh, made so present I'll in the world. Never be Thank you, Lord. The same. Thank you, Lord. And all oh, I want to do is love you. Price of redemption on the cross of Calvary. So every day my heart will praise Him. Oh, I know I'll never be the same. And all I want to do is love Him. Love His whole. Jesus 
paid the price of redemption on the cross of Calvary. So every day my heart will praise Him. Oh, I know I'll never be the same. And all I want to do is love Him. towards the word will determine where you go. It's that, that simple. And it's either the word or it's not the word. If it's not the word, you don't have to worry about it. No, no use having a bad attitude about it. But if it is the word, and if you could, you know, it would just completely change people's lives if you could just say, if it's the word, I'm going to accept it. If, listen, you realize if you know something's the word and you don't walk to it, not just agree with it, but become it. Begin to manifest it. You rejected it. And if you reject it, then you can't, the dove of the Holy Ghost can't live in your life. You've grieved the Holy Spirit. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit, do you? Amen. I want to see God move in every part of our lives, every one of our being. So glad that, that you came tonight. Brother Joel's going to come and lead us in another song. and just worship him just for a moment and then we'll go I appreciate you coming those of you that are from other churches I appreciate your pastors allowing you to come and, and supporting the meeting and we'll have church tomorrow afternoon so if you don't have church tomorrow afternoon at 3.30 come and be with us again and, and we'll gather together maybe some of our own folks some more of them can be here uh, can get out tomorrow so pray for sunshine I believe it's going to be sunshine tomorrow and, and y'all be careful out there uh, it means so much to you, to me that you come tonight and you pray for Brother Andrew as well. I know he lost his voice tonight. We're going to pray that God restores that voice and he's able to come and preach his heart out again tomorrow. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Brother Joel, come. You can close the service and pray over the food. Amen. God bless you. Once like a bird in prison, I dwell. No freedom from my sorrow I felt. But then Jesus came and listened to me. And glory to God, he set me free. Oh, he set me free. Yes, he set me free. And he broke the bonds of prison for me. Oh, I'm glory bound, my Jesus, to see. For glory to God. He set me free. Oh, now I am climbing higher each day. Darkness of night has drifted away. And my feet are planted on higher ground. And glory to God, we are homeward bound. Sing it now. He set me free. Yes, he set me free. And he broke the bonds, the prison for me. Oh, I'm glory bound, my Jesus to see. For glory to God, he set me free. And goodbye to sin and things that 
confound Oh, not of this world shall turn me around Oh, daily I'm working, I'm praying too And glory to God we are going through Cause He set me free, yes, He set me free And He broke the bonds the prison for me and I'm glory bound my Jesus to see for glory to God he set me free oh yes he set me free yes he set me free he broke the bonds of prison for me well I'm glory bound my Jesus to see for glory to God. Can you sing it one more time with all your hearts now? Oh, he set me free. Yes, he set me free. And he broke the bonds of prison for me. Yes, I'm glory bound. My Jesus to sing for glory. Oh, if you're free here tonight, sing it with me one more time. Sing it out now. Oh, he set me free yes he set me free and he broke the bonds of prison for me oh and i'm glory bound my jesus to sing for glory to god he set me free give the lord another hand of praise amen and it's been good to be in the house of the lord tonight be careful going out if you need help, get with one of the brothers in the back, and they'll help you get your car or help you to your car. Be careful. There's food in the fellowship hall. You're more than welcome to stay with us. And uh, just before we go, let's bow our heads. We'll pray over the food, and then we'll make our way over there. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, it's been good to be in your house tonight. We're thankful for the word of God and being spiritually fed, Lord. I pray now that you would bless the food to our bodies, Lord, as we go and partake of it. Bless our fellowship, Lord. May we just grow closer to one another and closer to you above all, Lord. And we want to thank you for the service tonight and looking forward to more from you tomorrow. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Those of you that have church in the morning, God bless you. May you have a good service too. And if you can come back tomorrow afternoon, come and see us. Amen. Let's sing it again. Oh, he set me free. Yes, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. And I'm glory bound. My Jesus to sing for glory to God. He set me free. Oh, once like a bird in prison, I dwell. Oh, no freedom from my sorrow I felt. Then Jesus came and he listened to me. And glory to God. He set me free, oh, he set me free, yes, he set me free.